that's your headlines. I'll be back at 8 a.m. The best way to get you going. Go, go, go. This, this is VOC Breakfast with Gulam Fakir and Sabira Sheikh Yassar, only on the Voice of the Cape. So 7.32 is where we're at this morning. If you've just joined us, welcome into it. Good to have you in our company. And we're moving along now to our next feature. Now, one of the sectors of society, you know, that has bore the brunt of the pandemic and that perhaps, you know, has not been sufficiently acknowledged or significantly acknowledged are certainly our burial societies. I mean, our undertakers, we've been speaking to them as well over the past few weeks, the Tukamanis, the grave diggers, and those rendering um, the services for Rousseau as well as shrouding the employees, the volunteers, males and females, and, you know, those who make up the frontline workers um, that have been under immense strain during this pandemic, but also to provide this morning, you know, just in terms of the Muslim COVID-19 stats for us. Online, we do have Mohammed Wadi from Muslim Stats SA. Mohammed, assalamu alaikum. Good morning and thank you for joining us. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's an honor. So, of course, you know, we understand that, you know, Muslim Stats SA has developed a national network of Muslim burial societies and undertakers during the pandemic. You know, perhaps firstly, you know, explaining to our listeners in terms of the experiences from your side um, in terms of the crisis. Look, the experiences from our side in terms of the, 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 the crisis is absolutely scary and horrendous. Not just the numbers. And I think that the term or the, the phrase has been going around. It's not just a number. These are names, mm. and these names are people that we know. And if you listen to the stories behind it, it becomes scarier day by day. Uh, people, it's not just people, but it's multiple family members in the same household. There's some family members that can count up to four or five people that have passed away from COVID in the last few days. Uh, we've got the fourth person of a family, the fourth sibling, the final sibling that has succumbed to COVID, all four, the, all four of them. Uh, yesterday. So, you know, the stories behind that, the horrendous, the loss, the pain. And let's not just look at uh, those people that have passed away. But I think the term that we should change is not just recoveries, but survivors, the long-term effects Mm. of the people that survived uh, COVID-19. Let's look also, I mean, uh, we understand that there have been uh, several deaths of burial workers and undertakers as well. I mean, these people are also part of the frontline workers. I think, you know, frontline workers, but but perhaps forgotten frontline workers, workers, we speak of doctors, we speak of nurses, etc. And within that right, without taking anything from them. But the actual final burial rights, they're the ones that have to deal with the families. They're the ones that have to tell the families, listen, uh, you know, you're restricted to so many people. Uh, They're the ones that have to deal with a widow that cannot uh, give a final farewell to to, to her spouse, that has to go into isolation, into Idda, the period of mourning in a home, and uh, chances are she's going to be alone. No one is going to stay with her. These are the people that deal with these issues. And then at times we found a new reality where family members are afraid to attend the funeral. And there is no one really to complete the final rites. And these undertakers and these strangers would come and would bury the deceased. Mm. Now, Mohammed, you know, is there sort of, you know, adequate psychological support for the sector, uh, especially during this time? And, you know, is this something that should perhaps be worked on? 
Yes, we were speaking with a group of doctors. Uh, you know, there is a chance of perhaps something like PTSD or something like that. They, they've been seeing people in and out of hospitals. Uh, undertakers have reported to us that, you know, it, it just, it's just totally serene and, 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 and shocking. When they go to hospitals to pick up bodies, it's just bodies after bodies that have been rolled out. Mortuaries are full. Uh, they have found bodies, some of them, out of the goodness of their heart, found bodies that were lying in the mortuary. No one has claimed them. Muslim people and are only buried there after three or four weeks, etc. Uh, the other aspect is some families cannot afford the burial. They've mm-hmm. remained silent. And only after a few weeks would the undertaker find out through a hospital or a mortuary uh, employee that this body is still lying, has not been buried. And then they would go the extra mile of even going to raise money. Some of them paid out of their own pocket to be able to bury these people, these brothers and sisters of ours. Let's also look at, you know, um, with the with the second uh, wave that came into play, the new variant that also came into play. You know, um, health officials are saying that more young people are dying. What does your data show? Yes, the ages have come down. Uh, it's now becoming, uh, you know, uh, more often we see people in the 20s and the 30s that are passing away. Uh, infections, we do not have, you know, exact numbers, but there is definitely a note of people uh, being infected at a much younger age. Uh, deaths as well. And the other interesting thing is many people are passing away or many people are uh, being infected where they no no comorbidities. They're perfectly healthy. Uh, in general terms. Uh, so that is something of great concern as well. Uh, the other thing also, uh, in the first wave, there were extremely few cases, you know, perhaps not even two, uh, where, where burial service members were infected or passed away uh, from the virus. Whilst on the other hand, now with the second wave, with this new variant, uh, that, that, that story has changed and many more people have become, many more burial people are becoming infected. Doctors have become infected. You know, just out of my mind at the moment, I think in the past week and a half, we've seen over 20 Muslim doctors that have succumbed uh, to the COVID virus. Mm. Now, Mohammed, you know, we've seen so many janaza notices this past week. I mean, Gulam and I were just saying yesterday at 7 a.m. we had 10 janaza notices in front of us. This morning we've had something like 7 or 8 at 7 a.m. Um, you know, so perhaps providing you know, an update on the Muslim COVID stats at this point in time. You know, if I can put it in a scary way, we issued a tweet yesterday. Uh, we're working on an average at the moment, or rather what is happening in the average at the moment. It says one Muslim passing away every 40 minutes. Mm. And that has been wow. the trend for the past two weeks. Uh, we're averaging now, last night, what we recorded was 39 deaths. We are aware there's an undercount. We are aware there are people that are passing away, whether it be at home or not been reported. Uh, and I'm talking from the Muslim community, uh, there is an undercount. So that, that makes it much, much more scarier. Last night we had a, a, a count of 39 people which reported uh, as, as passing away. The other important thing, why, you know, if you look at the Muslim community, it works as a very, you know, a sort of uh, a miniature uh, study or sample study for the rest of the country. The Muslim community comprises of foreigners, citizens, uh, people from all the race groups, and they spread out throughout the country. So if you look at, the, if you study the Muslim community, it is a, you know, a very appropriate reflection of what is happening uh, at the national level. Mm.
Mm. Now, Mohammed, just before you go, you know, perhaps if you could comment, there's been calls for, you know, um, obviously we know when it comes to those that have been hospitalized for COVID, they're obviously in isolation, uh, family members cannot go in. And, you know, it has been raised over the past few weeks that, you know, is there a possibility and is there a way forward in terms of, you know, at the very least having a person... Um, Oh, or a leader, a religious figure, a religious leader present at a person's time of passing or in and around that time when it comes to these COVID uh, cases that we find that are, you know, possibly, you know, in ICU or in high care, you know, has there been a call on your side for that as well? And perhaps you comment on that. Look, I know there has been a call in the community, not directly to us, mm-hmm. uh, for 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 Muslim religious leaders to take a more mm-hmm. active stance. Uh, in the Cape Town region, from what we've witnessed, uh, you know, the, the Shiuch, the Imams have taken a very, uh, you know, proactive role generally compared to what we have in the rest of the country. But I think perhaps, look, the danger is there of going into those places, yeah. and then you come home and you infect the family. But we need to also, uh, you know, praise Allah and take uh, use of the of the benefits we've got. We've got uh, technology, whether it be through video call, etc. There are ways to serve, uh, you know, to, to, to contact those people that are in hospital. That's on the one side. The other side is a matter of sitting with the families and, 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 and preparing them or consoling them, whether it is just because they are infected and sick. In the last week or so, uh, projects have, have brought up around the country or sprung up where people are now delivering food for free two households where the breadwinner or the house, the entire house is in quarantine. So to try to make things easier for them. But there's various different ways where we can serve. And I think one of the most important messages that needs to come out of the scholars at the moment is a united message that people need to take the precautions, which is part of trust in Allah. We need to ensure we, you know, we use the mask, we ensure the social distancing. It's not the time to have family functions. Mm. It's not the time to get family reunions and get and get together. Yes, it is perhaps the holiday season, but let us not be the last holiday season. Let mm. us sacrifice for the benefit of ourselves, our loved ones, our families, etc. Absolutely. Right. Well, Mohammed Wadi, we thank you for your time this morning and sharing with us Muslim Stats SA Mohammed Wadi speaking to us.